welcome to Breaking Bread, year-end edition. During this final show of 2021, we will take a look at some of our predictions, as well as take a look back at some of our more memorable shows. Spoiler alert, all of my predictions came true. We kicked off the first show in 2021 with predictions to what would happen with the new administration in the new year. Break and Break contributor Jose Angeles joined that first show and we kicked off the discussion with investigating China and their role behind the coronavirus, increasing the minimum wage. As you know, I predicted Congress took no action on big tech. China's controlling situations always. And if you stop to think about it, the great resignation, many businesses have chosen to raise wages on their own. But let's take a look at that first discussion where we kicked things off, where we were discussing cracking down on social media where I predicted it wouldn't happen. As you know, other than a lot of big talk and a lot of screaming, nothing happened. Jose tells us giving complete control to one or two people can be dangerous. The, the, right now, let's say, okay, they're doing it with this with Donald Trump. Right now, we understand with everything that is happening. But let's say that can happen with a, a, another, like a singer, like somebody else. They say, like, oh, uh, no, you need to be removed of this. So what is happening to the followers, to the people, to um, it could be for the, the good or wrong, but you have people, that's the point of social media. So now they make the decision of who's going to be there or no. That's, that's something big too. If you were a buyer or seller of your home in 2021, this next topic didn't escape you. Although the housing market has slowed in recent months since the June 20th interview with realtor broker of Upsurge Realty, Sean Neely, what she said during our sit-down discussion falls in line with what Motley Fool reports. That is, sellers have the upper hand, and this will more than likely persist into 2022. Because of this, Neely says potential home buyers should take advantage of resources available to them. I know people have been impressed recently, definitely our sellers, you know, with the investors that are coming into the market. They're sending you a letter saying, hey, I'll pay you this much, which might be 100000 110000 more than you were thinking your home was worth. You know, you're not necessarily paying attention to the value. But, you know, if you talk to a realtor, how, what if you find out it's worth more than that? You know, what if you find out you could get more than that? I know that the investors say you don't have to work with a realtor or, you know, they're not paying commissions, but there are fees associated with that. So, you know, you definitely want to weigh your pros and cons. If you lived in the U.S. this past year, you probably heard the terms redistricting or gerrymandering. President of the African-American Caucus, Colette Austin, and Secretary of the Mecklenburg County Democratic Party and Precinct 148 Chair Janice Robinson were quick to put in their own words why voters should care about how their lines are drawn. I caught up with them shortly after they attended a meeting by the North Carolina General Assembly where they discussed drawing the congressional lines. When we had the um, districting of our, our district court judges, and our district court judges used to run on a ballot where if they lived in a certain district, that's the district that they would represent and run in. Now we have it so any district court judge that runs in Mecklenburg County is at large. So you don't have to live in a particular district. And that's a whole lot easier for people to digest on a ballot, even if people even just get down to the judges. So people need to start looking at their whole entire ballot mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Next year's ballot is going to be as about 15 miles long. <laughs> as we discussed last time, people really don't pay attention to the judge's race. As They're going to pay they attention should. to them when they start getting in front of them and they get arrested for something <laughs> or they have to get divorced. <laughs> you kind of want to know who's representing you before you get to that point. Then they're going to be like, well, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, people need to start paying attention to judges. And when you're talking about the judges and you're talking about the president, and I'm sorry to rant, I just need one, like, give me 20 seconds. <laughs> Go for when it. When you're talking Go. about the judges <laughs> and we're talking about district court, we have to realize we're in a judicial system. You got your district court, your superior court, your Supreme Court, your appellate court of a state. You got the same thing for the United States federal government. And if you don't go out and vote for your president and you're mad when, you know, somebody in your family goes to prison, federal prison, the president appoints all federal judges. There was not now one black federal judge appointed under Trump. Let's go ahead and put that out there, too. So there you go. Judges are important. Well, yeah, yeah. A, a lot. Uh, <laughs> there's your 20 seconds. But <laughs> to give people a little uh, background on that, too, um, and I was looking at the history of this, and it's really interesting. Uh, back in 1965, President Lyndon Johnson addressed a joint uh, session of Congress after Bloody Sunday. It, it's mm -hmm. what it all, all came about. And he called for members of Congress to pass the Voting Rights Act. Mm -hmm. And that's what started this whole ball rolling. He said, you know, it was unconstitutional the way things were happening. And he wanted something with some teeth in it. So hence, you got the Voting Rights Act. And it just goes on from there. But people are saying that voters aren't being represented fairly, mm -hmm. depending on what happens every 10 years with the census. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what has happened, so... Um, right now, whoever's in charge of the state legislature, uh, Republicans or Democrats, um, they're the ones who get to draw the lines. So now what I've heard people say is that when Democrats were in charge, they kind of did the shenanigans too. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big believer that it should be taken out of the hands of the politicians. Um, there should be a, a citizen a board that does it. I, um, California now has that. I was talking to someone who said, I think it was a politician, said, well, you know, politicians get to select who's going to be on that board, too. But, but at least I, I'm a big believer in that it it just needs to be taken out of the hands of the politicians, yeah. period. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because Michigan did just that. They came up with an independent commission yes. where they someone could handle that. And people are still upset because they're saying the commission's not doing what they need to do <laughs> to keep those boundaries intact. As a matter of fact, they, they're the main, one, main ones who are saying, well, the counties are being divided up. And it goes in line with what Colette was saying, people are voting in, in different areas at different types of the election. So to them, they're saying that's not the perfect plan either. Mm. Now, what, 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 I'm, what I've heard others say that, um, so there are college professors that have a, a computer-generated uh, software that, would draw the, that can draw the lines. As a matter of fact, University of North Carolina, Charlotte, mm -hmm. one of the professors up there actually drew some, some maps. And, um, and so, so probably it should be, in a sense, it can be maybe utilizing some of the technology mm -hmm. that the professors are using. But there's a way to do it where you just got to take the bias out of it. Right. You got to take the bias out of Pull it. Pull out the human element mm -hmm. and, and use what the data is. Some recent news regarding the Michigan Independent Commission mentioned in that October 3rd podcast. Just this week, for the first time in Michigan history, an independent group of citizens have withdrawn the redistricting maps. This move takes the situation out the hands of the politician and brings the power back to the people. This affects congressional, Senate, and House maps. This was all an effort to avert gerrymandering. Voters in the Great Lakes state moved to make this change by a 61% margin back in 2018.
This next roundtable discussion focused on a variety of topics such as minimum wage, worker shortage, and the general future of the workplace. Regular listeners of the show are already aware the entire premise of the work week needs to be ignored. My guest, Jose Angeles, and fellow Break and Break contributor Modina Meeks also made great points on the future of automation. If you are uh, unemployed right now, you have options with the unemployment payment. So uh, there's people that think you're making more money doing that than looking for an actual job. In the other hand, there now is more people spending more money going to restaurants and then not a lot of servers or even cookers like uh, chefs that are not in the restaurant. So we're getting delayed and we, th- we feel that we have way more people in the restaurant. So I totally feel this, that something needs to happen to change that and people go back to work. Here's the interesting part. You said if they figure out a way to make it secure, they're not trying to figure it out. There was a time where the DMV would just hand over your information. And, and one of the reasons that, that that changed out in California, uh, there was a show called uh, My Sister Sam, and the, one of the stars of the show had a stalker, and the stalker hired a, hired a private investigator to find out where she lives, so he went to DMV, paid $5, and found that out. So since that time, they stopped doing that. However, the DMV is one of the biggest culprits of handing your information or selling your information to third parties. How do you think so much stuff gets out there? Look as close as your local DMV. So that's why I say they're not even trying. They're selling your information on purpose. And that's what I'm saying about the security with the Apple. And I mean, with all the information in your phone. Right. And I, I just don't, I don't, I don't like it because again, they say it's going to be secure, but think about it. Um, we're going more towards um, digital currency, right? So um, here recently, the cryptocurrency was hacked. So over, what, $600 million was stolen? So uh, if that can happen, why can't it happen with Apple? Automation, your personal information, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, it all ties in. As we go about our daily lives, as well we should, there is someone out there trying to steal our personal information or gain access to secure files. Break and Break contributor Sam Williams, who was on the show recently, points out these attackers are very patient. So after talking with some cybersecurity professionals and basically just looking at the history of how these types of attacks have gone on, I can't remember who posted it, but I saw it best in a very, very short tweet. Someone said, the unpatched or forgotten Log4j vulnerabilities today are the unknown attack vectors of tomorrow when a large company gets attacked and they say, we don't know how they get it. We don't know how they got in. Well, what happened last week is how they got in. Uh, some of the most advanced, uh, some of the most advanced attackers aren't going to attack and maybe steal a little bit of money today or try to see how much access they can get today. The more the more advanced attackers are going to attack last week and do nothing for months. They will very, very quietly and slowly, silently try to enumerate and learn more information about whoever they've attacked and their victims and things like that. And once they've developed a quality attack, something that can really bring the organization to its knees, whatever it may be, it may be a large company like Google, it may be a government institution, a financial institution, whatever it may be, they may wait a few years to attack, right? And so it's a lot more 
scary, right? It's a lot harder to prepare for and things like that when you think of it that way. Those people are really going for the long game. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at BreakingBread101. That's break, the letter N as in November, bread101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Or catch us on our YouTube channel. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening in 2021. I appreciate you more than you know. If you have something to say and you want to come on the show, reach out to me. As you know, I love other points of view as we share in the arena of ideas. We don't have to agree, but we want to be informative. I look forward to spending time with you in 2022 as Breaking Bread enters its third season. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig Van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Have a happy and prosperous new year. Until next time. Thank you.